0: Hi, and welcome to another success story. Today, I've got the fantastic Colt Milton. Hi, Colt. How
1: are you guys doing?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, And I always start with this same question. Why did you become carnivore?
1: Why did I become carnivore? That's a really good question. Um, So I was keto right before that. And I never really got the ketogenic diet down as well as as I really believe that I could have. Um, I was always trying to um, add more like... Low calorie foods, feeling, uh, filling foods, and we say calories, but I'm kind of throwing around that term usually because uh, I'm just not a fan of the word. I, uh, we don't even track them in our in our plans actually anymore. Couldn't even tell you how many, <laughs> how many calories I'm eating right now. I have no idea, no clue. Um, but I would, but I got, I got to a point to where I was like, this just, this isn't sustainable. Something's not, something's not working hundred percent. Right. And so the more keto podcasts I listened to uh, discovered the carnivore cast and then discovered um, a whole bunch of other great shows. Yours was one of them too. And so ever since then, I was like, you know what? Um, I think that this low fiber and giving your body what it really needs and giving yourself the right nutrition and the right fuel has a lot more to do with, being able to stick to something long-term because that's the funny thing that you notice about carnivores is they never really fall off the wagon and go back and never go back to carnivore but you get vegetarians and you get vegans that come in and and you hear all these stories about how oh yeah no i went carnivore and it fixed this and it fixed that and it fixed my thyroid and it fixed. gut health and now i'm just i'm just feeling better overall and i feel younger or um i lost my cycle a couple years ago and now i gained my cycle back and i'm not really like super excited about that i had one client tell me that one time (laughs) and um and it just it makes you feel younger it makes you feel better and so anyway um i started noticing all that as i as i got more into the um carnivore community and i was like you know what yeah no i'm never going back so when was this when when did this happen Um, This was around the year of 2020, um, and 2019 was the end of my eighth bodybuilding show, and those were all done on uh, more or less high-carb diets. And so that's when I had been experimenting with keto but never really had done it right, and I was going back and forth, and then at the um, – oh, probably around 2020, like – February March is when I started getting more into carnivore. Since then, and then since then, I've done four shows on um, on a carnivore diet, and I found the the prep experience to be hands down um, ten times easier than it was on a high carb diet. It was something that I felt like I could stick to and um, and and do more sustainably. However, I made a big mistake, which was doing four bodybuilding shows in a row, which I would not recommend that anybody do that. (laughs) Um, So by the end of it, it was, it was pretty tough. And I started, and I started feeling normal probably like um, a month after my last show. Um, So yeah, the last, the last two, three months I've been feeling great. Um, Still eating mostly, um, mostly meat and salt.
0: So why was carnivore better uh, prep for your bodybuilding than when you were high carb?
1: Um, my dietary fats right now are around four hundred grams, three hundred fifty, four hundred grams a day. Um it's my 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 dietary fat intake when I was high carb was around thirty to forty grams a day. And so, um, I'm just, we we can say anything we want on this show, right? Like we can, because, okay, here we go. (laughs) I'm getting a thumbs up. Um, but like my, my bedroom life was a joke when I was on, uh, when I was on a high carb diet and my fats were that low, I just, I couldn't, I, I I couldn't, uh, do as good a job as I normally should do. Um, carnivore diet (laughs) and eating 300, 400, grams of fat a day, um, you you just feel and perform and and, and look a hundred percent different. So I found that part of the prep to be more enjoyable too.
0: (laughs) Yes. So when you say you look different, um, what do you mean by that?
1: Oh, I was able to get um, leaner than I was on the ketogenic prep than I was on um, anything high carb. Um, Typically before a show bodybuilders will reduce carbohydrates and, uh, basically go like on a terrible keto-ish, but their protein's super high, so they're never really on keto those last four or five days. Before a show you as a competitor, you know this too. Um, and then you do a massive refeed on like Friday if you're doing a rapid backload approach, or um, I always did better when I would do a refeed like on a Wednesday or a Thursday, um, and that would definitely fill me up, but I would also lose sacrifice a little bit of conditioning. So on a on a ketogenic prep, I wasn't able to be quite as full, but my conditioning was night and day difference. It's just like Robert Sykes talks about in his, in his book towards the end, uh, which was basically like um, everything that I took for gospel for that last um, show run. And that prep was he talks about getting that paper skin, uh, p- paper thin, like veins popping out of your skin. Look, and I was never able to do that when I had carbs. Um when I was, when I, when I cut out carbs, it's weird. Like everybody backstage was filling out on, you know, like uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and rice cakes and stuff and candy. And just like anything that they could to um, get as big as they could. But here's me eating like a keto brick or a piece of bacon (laughs) um, or, or some liver and, uh, and, and Celtic sea salt. And I just kept everything as, as natural as I could, especially on the diet side. And, um, and, and, and I was actually told at the, what's the name of the show again? The NPC, um, the N, NPC, this would be a good one to edit if that's okay. <laughs> the, N, the NPC Sasquatch Pro. So that was in September 10th of 2022. And when I did that show, I was told that I was the most conditioned athlete on the stage, um, but my placings weren't as, as good as I wanted to be, because that wasn't that, that actually was not a tested show. I kind of go back and forth between drug tested and non-drug tested shows, depending on what athletes that we have doing at these shows too. Um, but that conditioning look was kind of what I wanted anyway. It was, it, that was, that was more of a personal win, um, especially having a, a, a past history and kind of a life history of uh, binging and purging and having a severe eating disorder. The carnivore diet has been very therapeutic for that and has helped me through that quite a bit. Um, But yeah, that was pretty much my experience on the on the first show. And then the next couple shows um, increased the protein quite a bit. And so I used gluconeogenesis spillover instead of a high fat refeed to peak for those shows that came with added mass similar to a high carbohydrate diet, but at the expense of a little bit of conditioning. But I wanted to place better at those shows, too. So I use that to um, get to more of what the judges were looking for. And especially if I was up against guys that were on gear, it's like, I I need to, I I need like everything working for me in my favor that I can. Um, And so by the last show, I just kind of threw the carnivore diet out the window and ate eight pounds of sweet potatoes for the last one. And um, that was the biggest that I've been able to look on stage, but I definitely sacrificed my conditioning a little bit, but I placed well, so that was, yeah, that's basically a summary of the last four shows. <laughs>
0: that's brilliant. Yeah, thank you. So in that uh, brilliant answer, you mentioned something about binging and purging. Do you want to expand on that a bit, please?
1: Oh, I never want to talk about it, but I feel obligated to. And you know what? I'm totally cool with it because that's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just something that is is very, very misunderstood in, in society. I don't think people realize how much, how, how, how many people really struggle with body dysmorphia and eating disorders but that's something that I've struggled with uh, ever since I was in high school. And, and I, and I always thought it was a problem. And then eventually I got to a point in life where I was like, you know what, maybe that's a reason why um, maybe, 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 there, maybe there's a reason why I am concerned about how I look and I am concerned about what goes in and comes out of my body, <laughs> what goes, what what goes in my body. Uh, but maybe there's a point where I need to take us to, to where, to where I need to take a step back and go, is this really a problem or is this something that I'm gonna have to kind of deal with the rest of my life and can I put it to good use? So that's when I was like, okay, I can do bodybuilding. Um, okay, um, read Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography at the time. And so that got me super motivated, just going, okay, there's a lot of doors that open up this way. I could be a really b- good bodybuilder and I could be a really good bodybuilding coach if I go all in with this and take what could be maybe a problem, but um use it to my advantage. So if you if you have an eating disorder it's it's something that you never really get away from 100% it's kind of something that's all, that's 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 always in your, in your life and uh, and and you and you want to go back there so the carnivore diet for me has been a way to get on track and stay on track
0: Yeah. And I mean, bodybuilding, I did it in my twenties. I mean, I absolutely found it addictive and I loved it. I didn't do any drugs whatsoever. I trained with somebody who ended up being a Mr. England competitor, you know, all natural and all that sort of stuff. But I found I was high carb and I found it difficult to gain muscle. Whereas on carnivore, I'm not going to say it's easy because we all know it's not easy to gain muscle, but it certainly was easier. I mean, how have you found that? Because obviously, bodybuilding is all about mass, muscles, uh, definition, and uh, you know, popping out on stage. So I just wondered, did you find it surprisingly um, easier to gain a bit of muscle on Carnival?
1: Um, I certainly haven't found it easier to build muscle as long as you get your, as as long as you're performing properly in the gym and you've got all your boxes checked that you know that you need to build muscle, you're, 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 um, you're, you're good. So let's, let's look at the science side of it. Okay. What do you need to build muscle? You need water. You need a stimulus. You need, um, you need protein and you need sleep. Okay four things that you need uh, carbs are nowhere in that list <laughs> these are the things that science proves that your body needs to have in order to build muscle now um, if an athlete performs better on carbs and can adhere to that better, I would put my money on that person doing what do doing okay on a high carb diet, as far as performance is concerned, because that's how they get that training stimulus, but the carbs aren't actually building the muscle. The carbs are helping that athlete to perform at their best. I would love to have a heart to heart with that person and say, okay, here's why a carnivore diet would be better, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Um, So in, in terms of what I've experienced building muscle on a high carb diet versus a no carb, AKA, um, carnivore diet is it really doesn't matter as long as i'm feeling good and performing good in the gym getting my getting adequate protein it doesn't need to be a lot you really only i weigh 195 pounds 0.0 as of this morning and that means that i need about according to bart Kay, with my conversation yesterday with my consultation with him probably around 160 to 170 grams of protein and so the lower that, I'm, that I've been going with my protein lately, I've actually been feeling better and performing better and, and, and doing better, um, more so specifically with the, with the low rep ranges, with the heavy weight.
0: Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Low rep ranges and heavy weight. So, yeah, that's great. So if you're um, looking at your workout plan, we've gone right off what I was going to talk about. That's great. I have no problem with that. What does your workout schedule look like?
1: Very, very funny that you ask. So there's a handful (laughs) of things that never leave my side ever. And uh, one of them is my workout logbook. So today's workout was... 25 sets of squats at 260 pounds, um, with a rhino flex bar, which is a bamboo bar and chains on it. I use chains because that activates more quads. I'm pretty posterior dominant. So, um, anything that I can do in my, in my workouts is for, for leg training is pretty much quad focused. Don't even train calves because I run so much and training for a marathon right now. Um, the, the reason that I, this is called German volume training to do like a whole bunch of the exact same exercise. Um, It's not like my favorite type of training per se, but I'm a very, very busy person. I have two two kids, I have two businesses. And so um, this is more out of convenience, the way that I, the the, the reason that I train this way, I train out of my own house. And so I can get more done as the business owner, like between sets. Um, If I was on a bodybuilding competition prep right now, this workout split would look very different. It would be um, it would be probably three, three or four sets of isolation exercises, which I call activation exercises, because nobody has time to do a warm up before they start their workout. Right. You want go to go to go into the gym, get busy and get back and do and get on with the rest of your life. Super set your life. <laughs> that's what that's that's why our business name is called that, by the way. Um, but in the but in in the gym <clears throat> um, with those workouts, Typically it's three or four sets of an activation set. And so that'll be an isolation exercise. Uh, Push day, for example, that would be three sets of side laterals and superset that with like three sets of something for your triceps. Okay, next superset, um, start trying to add some uh, compound lifts in there. So like dips and upright rows would be a good superset. Keep that tricep pump going, keep that um, side lateral pump going. And then because as a bodybuilder, you know, side deltoid is like the most important muscle on any athlete. (laughs) Um, And then and then that's when you want that. That's that's usually a good time to do like a heavy press, a bench press superset. That with something for your rear delts or like your biceps, get a good pump and get some more leverage on the bench press. And then my last superset would usually be something like an overhead press and. I don't know, whatever I feel like I need to work at the end. Calves, abs or something, maybe. Probably not calves. Like I said, I do those like maybe once every week or two. Well, that's
0: that's um, pretty in-depth, actually. So um, how many days a week do you train? Training six days a week. Cool. And how long are you in the gym, do you
1: think? Um, let's see. So, yeah, like my workouts here, um, I'm am a I'm a full-time online coach. So basically everything that I do, there's a lot that I have to do every day, but it doesn't all have to be done at like specific times. So I'll, so my, my resting periods as of lately, have been like five or six minutes. So I'll do like my creative work between sets when I'm in a peak state of mind and then try to time, um, usually try to time like a meeting or a podcast recording or something like after that, If I don't have any meetings. That's a good time to do YouTube content. Um, but as far as workouts go, yeah, that's kind of what the timing looks like in the morning.
0: Excellent, yeah. Um, as a personal trainer, I often, I rarely, I rarely swear online. But one of the things I say as a personal trainer is, we need to do a shit workout, which is short, hard, and intensive. And I like people to get in and work. Really really um, push themselves because I think a lot of people waste time, actually, you know, yeah. um, I stopped working in gyms because I was so frustrated watching people bench press and then sit on the end of the bench on their phone and chatting. And I just thought, you know, get in, get it done. I like how you said that because that's exactly how I feel, you know, get the work done. Um, yeah. So the, the, the six days a week and your online coach, which, which is fantastic, but what was the bug that, got to you to make you want to do bodybuilding in the first place cuz you know we're quite a subset of people aren't we
1: <laughs> this book right here bro
0: I can't see it oh oh yeah the yeah the big arnold schwarzenegger encyclopedia yeah <laughs> yeah
1: i i read that thing cuz i wanted to look better and i wanted to see my abs um you know like i was 20 years old at the time and we were doing a lot of online business endeavors and so i was like you know what i want to be a millionaire one day and i want to have a yacht um, God kind of took our family and our businesses a different direction, <laughs> but, um, that's, but, that, but that's but that's but that's kind of like what I wanted in my twenties, you know. And so I start, so I just so I'm like, all right, let's let's get let's get some muscle definition, let's get some abs. I want to look like these guys. And um, sometimes ignorance is bliss. I had no clue that all those guys are on steroids, but I was like, oh, I can totally look like that without steroids because they never talk about steroids in this book. So read the book, got super motivated, did one show, and then yeah, just got bit by the bug. <laughs> when you yes. do want yeah, you 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 know this when, when you when you do a show like you're either a one and done guy like you and you get on with the rest of your life or you get bit by the bug like me.
0: <laughs> yes, I mean I only really ask you that because it, it's never left me. I'm always tempted to have another go. And at 58, I think maybe I, I don't want to. I don't really want to go through it. I don't know yet. But I'm not, I might. I do it, might do it. No. Totally do it. I might do a seniors. So, um, what what's your view on doing cardio then?
1: Oh yeah. So my cardio, uh, I hate hit cardio. So if you have any like hit cardio fans, uh, I'm sorry, they might unsubscribe me You might want to edit that out, (laughs) but, uh, no, I love, um, low intensity cardio for a couple of reasons. Life is stressful enough. Um, thrown, thrown in, hit cardio. I mean, if that's something that you like to do great, maybe that's maybe, maybe then for you, then it's, that's a good idea for me. Um, low, low intensity, about an hour to an hour and a half to, to an hour and a half after my workout but my heart rate is relatively low like i'm not going crazy i'm also training for a marathon right now and so i'm trying to build up my cardiovascular health as well um mm-hmm. speaking of cardiovascular health i am uh slightly sick sick still so sorry about my voice but um i'm sorry the, the, the original question again where we were going with that yeah what's what's your views on cardio oh yeah happen. yeah and so and so um my so my cardio training kind of going back to my workout for me is more around lifestyle right now um I can get all of my social media done for the day in about an hour hour and a half and then that's it and then you're pretty much not gonna hear on me for it from on on Instagram for like the next day because uh being on Instagram too long for for fitness influencers like, <laughs> That's a lot of work, man. It makes you go crazy. and like answering questions and stuff. And um, it's just a lot of screen time. So anyway, yeah, about an hour, hour and a half on the treadmill, bam, knock it all out. And my cardio lasts as long as it takes to get all my work done. (laughs) On a competition prep though, it's very similar. I found that to be the most effective way to to, to burn uh, particularly stubborn fat is actually long spurts of low intensity cardio. If you're not careful with that, you have to be you have to be very, very in tune with your um, with your hormones when you if you're, if you're going to do that kind of cardio that can that, that that can trigger a big cortisol release to the point to where um, it can make you fall off your diet. And then you're wondering where you're going wrong on the diet side of things. Um, so so the, so the way that I do it and the way that I teach it is always to do your car, do your cardio as 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 hard as hard as you can. Until you feel like you're until you can start to feel um, like you're like you're getting stressed out and you're getting too far into a sympathetic state. When that happens, it's just not worth it. You're probably not even burning fat. You're just stressing your body out and your body's telling you that you need a break and you should probably just take a nap, really. Um, or lower the intensity, but um, I can't take a nap if I got work to do, right? And so, in, in that case, I'll just lower my intensity and maybe go a bit longer, which is which is way easier, and make sure that I'm still meeting my energy expenditure needs by the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think you're talking about being intuitive and listening to your body. In the in my forties, I had a stupid phase of wanting to do a marathon and became quite good at middle distance, like ten miles, thirteen miles, pretty fast. Um, and I was in one race, ten thousand people, I was in the the, the top hundred, so I was doing pretty well. But when I got to train for the marathon, uh, eighteen miles, I hated it after that, and I just realized. <laughs> That's my limit. I don't want to do any I didn't enjoy it. So I stopped. <laughs> and I think that's the thing you do need to listen to that part of you. You've got to be enjoying or getting something out of your training. Yeah. I'm not saying it was too hard. I can train hard. I can run really fast. I can, you know, fatigue myself, but I was actually hating it and, um, and dreading it. And I thought, well, this is not good for me because, um, so I, I think that's one of the things, I, whenever I talk about exercise, I always think you've got to enjoy it, or you at least have got to realise that it's hard work, but you will get a reward that will make it worth it. And uh, the reward of finishing a marathon wasn't enough motivation to hate the last you know, five miles of that so I,
1: yeah, I, heard that, I heard i heard that if you run a half marathon you can run a full marathon though right like you're you're, you're almost there
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah i uh, yes. i mean you, we're capable of it as, as humans but i'm also very in tune with the the emotional side of exercise actually so you know you've got to enjoy it and there's no point giving somebody a program they're not going to follow all right unless you sort of crack the whip i think all exercise should be self-motivating i think you should i'm not Mm -hmm. saying you should love it i'm not saying when you (laughs) when you're benching it's difficult you should be you know thinking about you're in a summer meadow or something it's hard work but You've got to still enjoy it in a, in a way. Now, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned calories. Uh, people that watch my channel know I've got three videos about how ridiculous calories are as a metric. Um, I'm giving you the thumbs up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Um, but you, you do track because you mentioned that you've got a particular amount of protein. So yeah. do you yeah. eat two meals a day? How How do you, what's the practicalities of the way you eat?
1: Okay. So currently I'm eating one meal a day right now. And yeah, so the re- so the reason that I do track protein and fat, and and I like to think of it, I'm, I'm careful even about using the word fat. Um, that's, that, that's, that's kind of a bad word like cardio. <laughs> I, I like to go, all right, uh, I'm, go- I'm gonna, I'm gonna go knock out some phone calls. And that means cardio, but um, ter- terminology, terminology comes to it, it gets pretty important when we, when we talk about the emotional side of like food and training and everything. Um, but in terms of tracking protein and fats, I like to think of fats as being fuel and protein as being recovery. So, my so uh, eating one meal a day right now, training in the mornings, and then what's going through my head when I'm about to consume my 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 my, my one and only meal of the day? I'm thinking through what's happening the next day because that's going to be my breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next day, right? So, I need I need I know I, that my body needs at least 160 grams of protein. So I eat 160 grams of protein. All right. So that could be salmon. It could be, um, it could be chicken thighs because then I'm getting some fats in there too. Those are both fattier types of meat that I like to have to be able to hit those um, higher fat numbers by the end of the day. So then I'll do, so then I'll do that. And if I feel like I need more protein, I'll go as high as, oh, probably about 250, but I don't want to go over that because then I start getting gluconeogenesis spillover and we get inflammation from that. Um, and then after that, I consume fats to satiety. So that would be something like uh, ribs, um, maybe like a really fatty bacon or actually pork belly, I think is like the most underrated fat source as the carnivore. It's cleaner than bacon. It's less processed than bacon. There's no added, you know, it's, it's not it's not cured yet. So then I'll eat that until I feel like I'm full. And then when I feel like I'm full, then I go to bed and wake up the next morning feeling slightly bloated but not really too bloated about an hour later um i kind of feel like i have an empty stomach and that's a good time to go start that's a good time to go for a run and then do my workout and then do my conditioning cardio after
0: excellent thanks for that so um, what do you say to people that um might point out that you've got to have carbs you've got to have carbs to work out and build muscle do you get that a lot and and if you do what do you say to those people
1: yeah, it's it's more so my my clients saying, "Hey, um all my friends are saying, why do you have me on this diet?" <laughs> um because car- car- carnivore aesthetics is uh is, is is very very niche as as you know. Um and so when it comes to using having to use carbs to build muscle, that's just <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know how I'd answer that question. If some, if someone just, if, if someone just straight up challenged me and said that you need to, I would, I would probably start from the beginning and go, look, you need four things to build muscle. And oh, yeah. one of them, show me one scientific article that says that, that you need to. And a lot, and a, and a lot of those old school bodybuilders, like, um, uh, like Flex Wheeler, pro- probably my all time favorite physique. If you said, like, who, who do you think has the best physique in the world? Past, present, future, uh, probably Flex Wheeler. <laughs> um, super, super small waist. But he would eat pretty much nothing but red meat and eggs up up until his shows, you know, and okay, yeah, they're on gear. But at the end of the day, it's still bodybuilding. <laughs> and, um, and, and 99% of anybody's results are, yeah, okay, genetics play a huge, uh, a huge part of it in, in it too. But you can't take away from the training and the diet that these athletes have been have, have been able to, um, to be able to achieve. So,
0: What about the age old question? Uh, What about
1: post and pre-workout shakes? Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, no, like, and and I'm someone that, can sell protein powder and that does sell protein powder and i tell people like don't don't take it don't buy it if you want protein powder great here's where you uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sell you protein powder just to make you happy like and pe- people that aren't on the carnivore diet like like my brother or like um, people that i'm training that just do not want to do the carnivore diet and they still want carbs i'm like okay you want protein powder okay great um but yeah no it's 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 marketing it's all marketing like you, you, you need a certain amount of protein to be able to build muscle, but it doesn't matter when you consume it. It can be before you work out. It can be after you work out. And if it makes you, if it, if it, especially if it like stresses you out to take the time to like, make sure that you're, it's just one more food that you have to buy. It's just one more thing you have to do. I mean, it's just not worth it at the end of the day, if it takes away from your performance for me to be able to live and perform my best um is is working out fasted so anything that i do eat before and after is a net loss and i just know that i'm getting fed after at, at the end of the day once everything's done
0: <laughs> yes brilliant i mean that that was what i was expecting you to answer because i'm a big fan of working out fasted and it was drummed into me when i first started training and i i, I was in the gym at 14 i was a semi pro soccer player but working out fasted was a big mistake and it it took me to age 50 to realize that's not true because my training has just gone through the roof. Um, just for people that watch me, Colt has a different philosophy to me about training. I'm not a cardio guy at all. I think we can get pretty lean, but I'm not competing in the show. So, um, There might be people watching me saying, well, he's not picked up on that. He's not picked up on that. Um, So I have a a fair few followers that are interested in the fact that I don't do any cardio at all. Um, But then I'm not looking to do a show. So if I did do a show, I'd have to see whether my theory worked, whether I could get ripped without cardio. Um, What about fluids and electrolytes? How do you manage those?
1: Um, I would love to go into that. And just one more thing quick before I do is um, on your point about cardio. I agree with you um i i think i think you're looking at it with my help with with your health as a hundred percent priority and aesthetics uh can take a back seat um when 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 we're talking about getting to three or four percent body fat to get shredded for a show um yeah i don't i don't know how you could do it without cardio but um but 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 i'm Certainly not getting to 3 or 4% body fat again anytime soon. Been there, done that. So <laughs> um, I might have to join you on that no cardio bandwagon too. Maybe, maybe you'll talk me into it. Um, but, yeah, so
0: it's the cross-cancelling aspect for me, you see, because if you're building muscle – you're you're slowing your metabolism down with a little bit of cardio, and you're cross canceling that those those gains. That's so that is something we could talk about. I don't want to talk about it now, but maybe at a future date. Oh um,
1: yeah, no, I, might... I definitely want to talk about that. Great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. And and my interviews are very short, actually. So I normally do like forty-five minutes, and I think we we're nearly there. And I do want to get to these questions. So the the fluid and electrolytes is, is yeah, you, really you got it.
1: Okay. Fluid fluid and electrolytes. So. Um, I used to be the guy that would be taking every single electrolyte supplement that I could, especially being on on one meal a day. That's a big mistake, because then every time you drink something sweet, you spike your insulin levels and you're beating a dead horse and ruining the reason that you're on one meal a day in the first place or even on the carnivore diet for that matter. So the more that you can reduce anything that's sweet tasting. Um, and most supplements come like your your favorite your listeners favorite pre workouts probably come in unsweetened versions. You know, like you can still use a pre workout here and there, and uh, and I don't know if that's like okay with you or not. Because <laughs> uh, I know that like it's it's most it's mostly like meat and salt people on 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 your show from what I understand. Um, but on a performance level, I, I do find a lot of value in a good pre workout and, and and creatine and stuff, and so I'm using uh, more or less unsweetened as, as much as much as I can. <laughs> um and then oh yeah and so that would and so that i um, going back to electrolytes um that's where i used to get a lot of my electrolyte supplementation but you'll you'll probably appreciate this all of my electrolytes now i get it all from salt 100 percent. so i use uh celtic sea salt pink potassium salt i don't know why but pretty much all 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 the all the salts that i'm aware of that come from caves for whatever reason they have a very high potassium content and it tastes kind of like pink Himalayan salt, too. So if you're a pink Himalayan salt fan, then cave salts are pretty good. Um, it tastes a lot like Redmond salt, too. It has that kind of that texture. But it, there's a one-to-one potassium-to-sodium ratio on it. So potassium, check. I make sure I have that in my in my water um, through my workouts. As a matter of fact, it's here right now. I just sip on it throughout the day. Um, <clears throat> so, so we got sodium, potassium, and then magnesium um, and and calcium. Both of those I get from... Uh, celtic sea salt Mackay pure and so that one's sourced out of hawaii and it happens to have a, a, a good amount of magnesium and calcium and your body doesn't even need that much either so that helps with the with with the cramping and the recovery and everything um and then on water um if, if i'm on a contest prep i'm tracking water to the t like literally to the tea. right now uh, i'm just drinking to satiety
0: Excellent. And do you have tea or coffee or any of those things or are you just water?
1: Um, to be completely honest, to be completely honest, I'm I, I do drink tea and I like tea and I don't know if that's OK or not. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of debating on whether I should cut it out.
0: But it depends on what you deem is OK. see, so you, you can you can get into all the nitty gritty of the tannins and the caffeine and stuff like that. But if you enjoy it, life is you've got to enjoy life yeah and if, and if you took, if you took your tea out what would you replace it with how happy would you be you know it there there's many things to this it isn't just about uh, this is the perfect nutrition for everybody right and and i have this because there's quite a few people talk about coffee and, and more to do with caffeine and the soreness after the gym and when they take the coffee out they have less soreness in the muscles so if that if that's the deal then i'm totally with that person right okay if, if taking coffee out is great whereas i can have another client will say do you know how i start my day is i have a cup of coffee i go out ground, i look at the sun and i'm like well you see all these benefits that are coming with this ritual yeah. and it's not the same with a glass of water it just isn't for that person so i'm i'm not prescriptive in any way shape or form i think if if it works for you um that's great and it because we could look at all those compounds in tea and stuff like that. But if you were having one cup a day, I, I doubt that would make much difference if you took it out, other than you would miss it. So
1: there you go. Probably not. Um, That's why I haven't taken it out yet. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> wide answer. Yeah, no, I, I like your perspective on that. That was, that was, that was really cool the way you worded that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I have a Swiss water decaf coffee, and then you get into well, is it a vehicle for too much cream, and can I have it black, or do I have it with butter? So there's lots of other things to do with fluid. But I was very interested because you've got quite a big water bottle that you chucked before we came on. So I didn't. Oh, yeah. I, was, yeah, I was thinking, wow, that's a lot of water. But you wouldn't drink that in one day, surely?
1: Oh yeah, no, I I do I actually drink quite I actually drink quite a bit of water. So, yeah, do you I'll, know I'll, how much? I'll knock, out, I'll knock out probably a total of two of these by the end of the day.
0: Wow! Wow, well, that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. Uh, are you in a hot country? You in a hot place right now?
1: No, it's snowing outside. Actually, it never snows here in Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> All right. Yes, it's snowing here in
0: the UK. Um, yeah. So, d- do you enjoy your training days? Do you like going to the gym and working out, or working out wherever you work out?
1: I don't like going to the gym. I like working out at home. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it, it, um, my, I, I like to be at home just in case there's any kind of a family emergency. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail and you don't have to edit this out. This is, this is totally okay. But, um, we're uh, just going, going through some, uh, I guess, I guess we could say learning challenges with, with one of our children. Um, and so basically I kind of need to be at, at, at home all day, every day and be a dad, just in case, um, just, just, just in case I need to be around. <laughs> So for that reason, all my workouts are at home. I'm also a full time coach, so it really doesn't matter where I'm at, um, as long as, as as long as I can work and focus. So basically, I'm just working my butt off all day, every day at home. Um, and my workout is, yeah, no, it's definitely something enjoyable and is definitely um, a place to where it's like I'm in my office right now. First place I'm going to go after this is go do my cardio. Not because, um, not not because it's like a box I have to check and something that I feel like I, that, that that I, that I need, that I need to do right now, but I'm in my office. And so um, too much office time at one time is never a good thing. I'll just go back and forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean, that's a beautiful answer because um, you're a father first, you're not a bodybuilder first. So, right. and then that's a perfect answer for people to hear because um, you don't make your life be a bodybuilder you make your life around your sort of family friends and everything else and being a bodybuilder you fit into that
1: yeah and going back and going back to where we're at, at at the start actually too about why why you started bodybuilding in the first place bodybuilding for me specifically was because going look playing hockey long term ain't gonna happen anymore i can't commit to a team schedule bodybuilding it's not, it's, it's a team sport, (laughs) your, your friends and your family and everybody's your teammate by the end of a show prep. (laughs) And like, you're calling for sponsors last minute too, because like that, that'll, that'll make you go broke if you do too many shows in a row. Um, but oh yeah. But, but going back to, um, to, 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 to starting bodybuilding, it's, it's an individual sport in the way that you can, you can, you can, you can work, work it around the rest of your lifestyle in a way that works for you. It's hard to do in a team sport
0: yes and it, uh, it it's interesting because you know your own uh, ability and you for instance some people i think you joked a little bit about working calves some people don't have particularly good shoulders or whatever do you have a, an area where you think ah today is uh, your biceps look good so but we use that as an example let's say you had, you, you you struggle with biceps um do you have an area that you think, oh, I've got to work something today, and this is going to be really tough. And I'm not getting the response. Do you do you have problem areas?
1: Yeah, 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 big time. So, rule of thumb as a as a female competitor, glutes and side deltoids. As a male competitor, side deltoids, <laughs> and I mean everything else still balanced in proportion. Glutes not so much. But um, my physique right now, what um, I'm, I'm I'm pretty posterior dominant. And chest is definitely a strong point. And so I don't have a pro chest by any means, but it's definitely one of my stronger body parts as well as traps. Traps place pretty much no place in aesthetics. I do classic physique and um, and uh, and men's physique but not so much bodybuilding. I'll just never be as big as as, as, as those bodybuilders to be competitive enough, nor do I ever want to be going back to the dad thing. It's like, that's just, <laughs> I'm not going to sacrifice my health to that point. Right. Um, but the next time that I step on stage is yeah, it'll be, it'll, 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 it'll be tough. It'll be rough, but um, I'm going for classic physique. And so that'll be probably about five or five, six, seven years to be able to build enough muscle to get up to that point. Um, so looking back between now and then what I need that have improved Is going to be bigger shoulders. Shoulders are always a weak point for me. And so basically my workouts right now are anytime my shoulders and quads can move, they're getting slammed. (laughs) Um, Things like calves, traps, chest. Those are actually those are areas that I don't spend a lot of time on personally. Um, But that is certainly not the advice that I would recommend that any one person uses. Um, everybody's body is different, and everybody's going to need to have areas that they focus on um, disproportionately more than another area when you're when you're going for a specific look.
0: Yeah, I think with with the 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 delt, I mean, that's a multi-pennant muscle, so the the fibers are going to be hit very differently, and that's why it's so difficult to grow them. I mean, that's uh, which is something. Part? Uh, the, the delts. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're what's called multi-pinnant. So um, they're very different to, say, the bicep or the tricep. So you will get more problems to get them to grow. Um, but if that's a and phrase, you, really you haven't have come to-
1: a- and, and you really have to get your mind inside the muscle on those, too, because what, what what does everybody do when they want bigger shoulders? They do front presses. That's a terrible idea. Your front delts, are you're, you're going to hit them 10 times better with the bench press. You want to hit your, your 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 front delts, great. Go do a bench press, but... <laughs> For, for, but for shoulder symmetry, it's all in the side in the rear delt. And then the other problem is everybody's rear delts tie in into a different place in their back. So... To, so your um uh, all, all of the shoulder work that I do and the, and the, and that I teach is side delt and and rear delt. If you're training your chest, great, you got your front delts. you can check that box.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about about that after we've shut the show down because uh, like I say, we've probably done about forty five minutes. Um, is there anything you want to end on?
1: That's pretty much it. Um, Supersetting—that's that's something we touched on earlier. And uh, yeah, if if you're if you're wondering why we call it, why why we like the phrase superset your life, it's the name of our podcast. It's the name of our website. Um, Supersetting to me is, um, is is a is is a philosophy that I apply to the rest of my life. So when you do like a set of bench press, um, you're gonna be you're you're gonna be able to curl more. You're gonna be able to 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 pull more after doing a set of after doing a set of bench right arnold schwarzenegger going back to his book what's his favorite superset bench press and chin ups and he does them both back to back for that reason um when you do your workout well what are you better at afterwards um basically everything you're in a peak state of mind that's that's why i work out is more so for my mindset than i do it's it's more for mental health than it is aesthetics really and then just like anybody in bodybuilding, like you're basically in that sport for that reason. Um, and then it and then it, it, it turns into a superset the rest of your day. So whether that's um, handling a temper tantrum, whether that's um, uh, whether that's getting a bad business phone call, whether that's um, getting sick, usually you can handle that kind of stuff better after you've gotten a good workout and you've got those those good endorphins going to start the day.
0: Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Your support means the absolute world to me. And if you're enjoying the show, I've got a small favour to ask you. I'd be incredibly grateful if you would consider becoming a supporter and make a small monthly donation. Your contribution will really help to improve the show. I'll be able to improve the software, maybe put a few more episodes out and do many things that I'm hoping to do in the future. Do them a lot quicker. So it's a small monthly contribution. You can cancel at any time and the link is in the show notes. Thanks very much for listening.